Amen. Amen. It is, uh, it is good to be with God's people. There are seats in the very front, which no one ever wants to sit in. Nate, come on up now. Um, I've got a, a special request. Just because we don't have times we're all together as a family, Nick, who's one of our photographers, just said, can we please take a family picture? Um, so I want everybody to smile as well as they can. I know for some of you it's difficult. It's complicated. Um, but Nick, you tell us. You ready? Come on, man. I got, I got a long, long sermon. So. Oh, okay. Stand up for one? You guys don't want to stand up? Nah, leave him, leave him. I got lots to talk about. It is, uh, it is our hope every Sunday that we get together and we just tell each other, remind each other, great are you, Lord. That's why we gather. We gather not, like Matt said, to, to be in God's presence. That's why we gather. That's why we come. That's why we shove into a school gym. It's why we set up on Friday nights. And this morning, we're finishing our series. So if you're a guest with us this morning, we just spent 15 weeks walking through the entire Old Testament, really just the Pentateuch. And if you know me as a preacher, you know that that's almost a sin um, because I go nice and slow. But we flew. And we looked at the faith of God's people, that as God created us for a relationship, he created us to know him, to be known by him, and to be known through him. And we looked at all sorts of different stories with very similar ideas, that God made us a promise, and this season at Christmas, we're celebrating the promised child, the peace that he's given us. And, and I just think we live in a world right now, and, and part of me thought it was cool that Nick asked me to take a picture, because I'm like, I am 110% anti-selfie sticks. So if you have a selfie stick, I don't want to offend you. I remember being on vacation years ago, and I looked at my wife, and I said, what are those things? She said, oh, I heard about those. Those are selfie sticks, where you point a stick, and you guys know what a selfie stick is, right? Is it in the dictionary yet? It should be, right, as a noun. And, and you kind of get this thing, and you take a picture of yourself, and here's my fear. In the world that we live in today, where selfie sticks are in the dictionary, we become the main character of our life. Look at social media. I'll just tell you how great I am. Look at my social media page. And I, I thought it was kind of funny as I was reflecting on that this week because my picture from social media is a few years old, right? Is that true for some of you? I was a little skinnier then. I think I was a little better looking. It was only two kids in my life instead of three. And it's amazing how life changed. But social media, we want to portray something about us as the main character of our life. And at Vintage Grace, we don't believe we're the main character of our life, right? Who is? God! That God gave us our life, he gave us the breath in our lungs, and now we live a life that he has designed for us to experience how great he is. That's the message of Christmas. It's not selfie sticks. If you have one, it's okay. We're doing a burning party later. I don't care if you have a selfie stick. I'm just saying remind yourself what Christmas is about. And it's not just ugly sweaters, although that is wonderful. Grant, you look good, my friend. It's about the goodness of God and how great he is that he came to us. If you have your Bibles, I want you to pull them out to Hebrews chapter 11. And in Hebrews chapter 11, what we see, because I'm not going to do a typical sermon. We're going to do kind of a review of the last 15 weeks. We're going to do it really quickly because the review is actually found in Hebrews chapter 11. And, And we call it the hall of faith. It's a list of people who recognize that they weren't the main character in their life, that God was, and what God does in and through their life. Here's what the text says. You ever read Hebrews 11? We're going to fly. Here's the text. Life is about faith. We call it OST, ongoing spiritual transformation. But life is about faith. 
And faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For it's the people of old who received their commendation. They got their reward because of their faith, which we believe a vintage is a gift from God. That God gave them the gift of faith, that God revealed to them, that God showed them that slip covers don't suffice. Remember that 12 weeks ago? That God showed them that if they cover themselves with a fig leaf, it won't be good enough to cover their sin. They needed something far better covering. They needed the promised peace. They needed Jesus to come. But because of their faith in Jesus and in God, their reward was going to come. And by faith, we understand that the universe was created the word of God. We started there, Genesis 1-1. Remember, in the beginning, God. Because the story's not about us, it's about God. In the beginning, God created the universe so that what is seen is not made of things that are visible Verse 6 says this way, without faith, without trusting God, because it's all about having faith in the right thing. I have lots of friends, they have faith in all sorts of things. I've told you, I've confessed, I've repented of my faith in the 49ers. And what that does to me, if you have faith in the wrong thing, it doesn't matter the strength of your faith, it matters the strength of the object. But without faith in God, it's impossible to please him. See, that's my fear even when we take offerings, is that we think we're paying off, this was my theology of giving for years, I'm paying off my Jesus debt. And then I realized that that's impossible to pay off, that Jesus didn't want my money. He's God. He wants my heart. And when he has my heart, he has some of my money too because I recognize it's all his. But he says, for whoever wants to draw near to God must believe. You want to please God? Believe him. Trust him that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. And remember Noah, by faith, Noah being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear he constructed the ark and saving of his household. By this faith, He condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. The text continues on. He says, by faith, Abraham. Remember, we went to Adam and Eve, created for relationship. They fell. Then we went to Noah. Then we went to Abraham. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive his inheritance. Remember when he gets there to the land of Canaan? And he gets to the land, he looks around, and there's other people there. God sometimes makes promises to us and we don't know what that looks like and we tend to doubt and be concerned and fear. God, did you really want me here? Is this really what you had for me? But he knew where he was going. So by faith, he went to live in the land of the promise. He was a foreigner in the land living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builders is God as the main character. By faith, Sarah. Remember Sarah? Really, really young Sarah. <laughs> that God said, you're going to have a child. And they said, no, no, no. And Abraham blew it with, with, with his, his maidservant. But by faith, Sarah received power to conceive, even when she was past age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead. Now, now you know that, right? You, you read that line again. I want to read that too quick. They were so old that they were what? As good as dead. God has a plan for you. Even when you think you're as good as dead, there were born descendants of many as the stars in the heaven and as many as innumerable grains of the sand of the seashore. We went from Abraham, from going to the land of earth, from conceiving, and then we also continued with Abraham in a story that changed my life. We're going to hear another story of that today where Abraham offered up his son Isaac when he had received the promise, was in the act of offering up his only son. And he said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. And he considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead. From which, figuratively speaking, he did because he got him back. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessing on Jacob and Esau. And by faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed his sons Joseph. Remember, Joseph came and visited us. Remember that? Best looking Joseph I've ever seen. Have I told you he was handsome? 
Joseph came and lived with us and talked to us. And by faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, we then went to Moses. When he was born, he was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God who were his than enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. He stayed focused on the joy set before him. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who was invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover, God did, and sprinkled the blood from the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch him. Do you remember all of these stories? Fifteen weeks of these stories over and over and over again of God's grace, of his work, and of our faith. Now, do you see the big word in the text this morning? Anybody miss it? I said it 17 times. Faith. Guys, that's what this morning is all about. We celebrate the faith that God has given us. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea. It's by faith that the walls of Jericho fell. It's by faith that Rahab invited people into her house because she saw what God was doing and said, I want to be a part of it. Does that describe us this morning, church? Recognizing what God is doing and wanting to be a part of it. But here is my fear every single Sunday morning. You come at Vintage Grace, you listen to a bald man yell at you about Jesus. Over and over and over again, and here's my fear. You start to miss the message. One of my greatest fears as a preacher, and I love preaching, is that it becomes informational and not transformational. They just become stories. And we miss that the only thing that saves us is what, church? Our faith. By faith we're saved. Every story this entire season has told us, by faith we are saved And this is what I want us to note. I want us to note that we this morning gather together that we too, if we have that faith, are in what I would call the hall of faith. Because it's not about how good of a Christian you are. I hate that phrase. I hate it. Christian is a sinner saved by grace. We are broken. We are messed up. And if we just hear the information, we think, well, we got to change. We got to be better. We got to do more. We got to give more. You know what that sounds like to me? Sounds like church growing up. It sounds like guilt. It sounds like shooting on people with the D, should. <laughs> we don't do that at Vintage Grace. We believe that God gives us faith, that God gives us joy in Jesus, that God gives us opportunity to not punt, to flex our faith, to walk through the doorpost that he covers with his blood and to live out the gospel. And that's why I love being your pastor. I love it. I have the best job in the world. Because we in faith believe that God in love saved us. And we gather to celebrate that. But may we never have it be information we want to be transformed. So what we do every Sunday is we try to tell stories. No! Stop! Is we try to tell stories of faith. Second service will be better, guys. We try to tell stories of faith. And what I don't want you to miss as we read the Bible is we're like, oh, that's a good story. No, no, no. Your life is a story. And maybe you're like, I've been in church forever. I don't even know what you're talking about. I haven't read the Bible in forever. Right now, God has you here to continue his story in your life. I want to invite you right now to pull out a pen, paper, in your worship folder. There are no sermon notes because I just preach. That's the sermon. Fastest sermon ever. Everybody said? Yeah. Cool. We're not done. Don't worry. <laughs> 
but there's a sermon note in your thing that says, this is my story. And my hope is this fall, we heard lots of stories of faith, but my hope is that we start to recognize what is our story, that it starts with God, that it, that it is our sin and it's our brokenness, but it's his faithfulness to us. So I want to play a song about our story, and I want you right now to take a moment and write your story. Write what God has done in your life. We're going to tell stories later this morning. Write in your last fall, the last four months. Maybe it's been through the series. Maybe it's been through your life group. Maybe it's just that you're here. You don't even know what the next step in your story is. You just know you're at church for the first time in a long time. Welcome. We're all journeying with Jesus. So we're going to play this song. And while it's played, I want you to take a minute and think about this fall. How is God growing your story? What has he done in your life? Because here's what happens. We get busy in Christmas. We don't stop. We don't listen and we don't reflect. Let's reflect right now as a church. What has God done in our life? Spend some time and start writing your story. What has God done? Maybe it's been sin. Maybe it's been suffering. Maybe it's been coming back to church. What has God been doing in your life? The text I wanted to share with you, Emily, as well as our church, we, we met a couple weeks ago in the office, is in the Old Testament, we talked a lot about walking with God, and Enoch walked with God, and Abraham walked with God. In the New Testament, walking is about relationship, which is what you have because of Jesus. In the New Testament, we don't see the word walk used as often. Anyone know the word that we see more often? It's on the screen. We see run. So right after that Hebrews 11 text of all those people with great faith that trusted God, because life is a roller coaster. Because we don't always trust. He says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, family, friends, church, people that that he just talked about in Hebrews chapter 11, therefore, since that, we say, we're not going to mess with sin. We're done with sin. We're done with the temptation of sin. We see it for what it is. And that's what you said in Jesus. You said, I'm done with sin. I'm choosing Jesus because he's chosen me. And then he says this, so run the race with endurance. Run it that's set before us. And baptism is just one step in that journey. Baptism doesn't save us. We believe in vintage grace, but we believe it's a public proclamation, which is what Emily's just done, to say, I believe I'm saved by Jesus, covered by his blood. And so baptism is a picture. When Emily goes down under the water, she's going down with Jesus to death, and she's leaving all that sin that so easily hinders us, and she's leaving it in the tomb. And she, like Jesus, we believe, will one day raise again and run with the witnesses and be a part of that. So Emily, let's step on in here. And that is the encouragement for all of us. Absolutely. Take the boots off for sure. Give the mic. Yeah. Go go ahead and head on out. We have one. Emily's getting ready. We have one more baptism. Kyle, you want to. Get that ready. All right. Emily, do you trust Jesus yes. for his body and blood and resurrection that covers your sin? It's because you trust Jesus, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So uh, I want to introduce you guys to uh, uh, there we go. Uh, a new friend of mine, just got to meet, named Melissa, uh, and she is here this morning, and, and this wasn't at all planned, but um, God stirred in your heart this morning, Melissa, um, as you were hearing the stories shared, and um, you want to get baptized. So we just share with everybody real quick, um, why do you want to step out today, unplanned, and go ahead and get baptized? Uh, because I believe God's better is better. Amen. He's telling me to jump, and I'm jumping. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. 
Do you trust Jesus for your life and his bodily resurrection that you too might be raised with him? It's because that faith I baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. One of the most amazing things that I believe as a follower of Christ is that we have the opportunity to trust him, to treasure him, and it's in the low times that we most see that often. We see that through ready to step out in faith and trust him, but also we see that that as we walk with Jesus, it is the best possible life ever offered. We believe it's our number one value that there is more joy in Jesus. He doesn't just walk with us in the hard times, as these people shared, but we also celebrate him in the good times because every good gift is from him. In fact, you read this verse, we look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, he despised the shame, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father so that one day, too, you and me might be seated with him as well. We might be in heaven with him, and let's be honest, we're not going to be sitting, right? We're going to be like chest bumping Jesus if we can. We're going to be celebrating the goodness of the Father. Would you stand with me this morning? Because what we do at Vintage Grace is we celebrate. We celebrate the fact that we were dead, but God makes us alive. He gives us hope. He changes all circumstances. In fact, it's not even the circumstances that have to change because he is sovereign and he is the joy of the world.